Listeners, welcome to your third episode of our brand new fifth season of Minor Business Podcast. My name is Mia Gomez. My name is Carlos Mora, and we're the host of this podcast. We want to give a special shout out to CDG, powered by the Michael Center for Innovation and Commerce, where we help current and alumni to grow and start their own businesses. Be your own boss. In this episode, we have the privilege uh, to have Chelsea and Alejandro with us, the funders of Fund Miners. Welcome. Welcome, guys. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for having us. It's an honor for us to have you here. But let me start with the first question, which is, where are you guys from? Where do you guys study? And why are you here? Where are your interests and where are your hobbies? So Alejandro and I both grew up in El Paso. I studied at UTEP uh, twice, actually. So go Miners. Go Miners. I am a alumni of the College of Business. Um, and actually, while I was um, studying for my MBA or studying my MBA here at UTEP, I started working for a local El Paso, uh, local nonprofit called El Paso Opera. That was my first um, experience in the nonprofit world. And when I graduated, I ended up working for UTEP, actually, in the Institutional Advancement Office. And that's really where I got the inspiration for, for Fund Minor, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk a lot about today. Yes. <laughs> And as for myself, I was actually raised in a small town uh, in Mexico called Casas Grandes. Uh, that is in Chihuahua. It's like three hours away from here, from El Paso. Uh, I moved uh, to the U.S. for schooling and uh, for college. I attended UT Austin, um, Hook and Horns. Let's uh, we're all we're all siblings here, uh, and um, we I studied electrical computer engineering with a focus on data science. Uh, I before Fun Miner, I was in uh, Seattle for about uh, four years, uh, but I've moved back to uh, to our hometown now, um, and we're super excited uh, here in uh, here in Fun Miner. There's a bunch of things we've uh, we've got um, to to be proud of, and a bunch of things to look forward to. Perfect. We're really glad to have you guys here once again. But I do want to know, and I also wanted you guys to tell the audience, how did Fun Miner come about? Like, where did you guys get the inspiration? Where did you guys meet? How did it all come about? Sure, um, I'll take this. So um, while I was working for UTEP in institutional advancement, I was overseeing advancement operations and gift administration. Um, the Advancement Office is the office on campus that fundraises for the university. So they're working with donors to bring in funding for scholarships and for research and programs. And um, I realized um, shortly after starting in my role there that it was very complex. We had hundreds of people across campus who were responsible for, for the various funds. All of the funds were um, restricted and could be um, could be used for different purposes. And so if a donor established a scholarship for example, they might restrict it for business students studying on, in um, entrepreneurship with a certain GPA. Um, in addition, uh, that caused us to have thousands of different funds with different purposes. We also had um, all of these siloed systems that were storing information on the funds. So think your CRM system, which is storing information on your donors and the gifts that they're making and the relationship with the university. Then we had a student award system storing information on all of the gifts and, and um, scholarships. And then we also, or all the awards and scholarships, I should say, um, there was also a university accounting system. There was a investment management company sending us Excel reports 
And then we also had a system where we stored um, documents and agreements. So you can imagine that with all of the different people and different funds and uses and restrictions and systems, it really was complicated and um, challenging from an administrative perspective. And so um, after starting at, at UTEP and, and realizing that, I um, thought I, I realized that we should be using the power of technology to um, really facilitate that process and make it um, easier on everybody so that we can um, be more effective with our funding and make sure that we are fully utilizing all of our resources and maximizing the resources to achieve the, the maximum impact that we could. So after working for UTEP for a couple of years, I worked with a small team to develop the MVP on campus and we launched that here and it had a um, really positive impact and um, was positively received. Um, UTEP was um, really a special partner for us in um, our ability to take the product to market. We worked with them on a tech transfer. Um, so we had to obtain ownership of the IP since it was created here while I worked here as an employee. Um, UTEP was an incredible partner and um, was also our first customer as a result of that agreement. And so um, we're con uh, we continue to work with them today and uh, really value that partnership with them. Um, after that agreement was was wrapped up, it was really time to get FundMiner off the ground. And Alejandro um, is somebody I knew from El Paso through some friends of friends. We'd connected um, nine to 12 months prior to that. Um, actually, it might have actually even been six to nine months when we first started talking. Um, and I remembered that he was um, the only engineering software engineering wizard that I knew. And so when I was ready to really pursue FundMiner, I reached out to Alejandro and uh, very quickly we realized, you know, the stars sort of aligned and it was meant to be. And he um, joined me on this this crazy journey. It's very, it's great that um, how FundMiner was created was because of your point of view as an employee saying, this is very difficult and we can use technology to make this easier and faster and help many students uh, to like give them an answer if funds can use be used for a scholarship or if funds can be used for something else. So that's great. And also like if we can take something as networking, like you never know if you're going to meet someone like from six months ago, there is going to be your partner for your next business or something like that. So something that we always say in your podcast is networking is very, very important. You never know the people that you, you link with. They might be the next person that you make business with. So Thank you so much for sharing that. Okay, so I want to ask you, what challenges did you guys um, obtain when fundraising for your businesses? Like, what challenges did you guys face? It's a tough market right now. And so I think above all, um, all startups are um, severely affected by the market and economy at the moment. So... Um, it's it was sort of generally more difficult to get meetings. There's generally more capital or sorry, less capital um, available out there. It's, it's just generally more difficult to um, obtain. We were fortunate to really use the power of our network early on to get meetings and, and warm introductions were super powerful. Um, and we really had some strong supporters early on that um, helped make additional introductions for us. Um, and so it, other challenges were, you know, it just took time. And so, um, adjusting your plan and being responsive to the extra time and, uh, adjusting your plan to, to account for that was a bit of a challenge as well. 
So I think it took a little bit longer than it probably would have under different market conditions. Yeah. And, and I will go ahead. Go One ahead. of the things I would add since you asked about challenges is being super comfortable, especially when, when fundraising money, uh, being very comfortable with, re with receiving no's because very often you're going to receive no's even more often than yeses. And uh, I think in the beginning, I personally, uh, the, the nose hurt. Uh, and, uh, you know, I took them personally in the beginning. I was like, oh, man, what did we do wrong? Um, uh, but uh, if you shift that mentality into and have the uh, so, sort of a growth mindset and really understanding where that no comes from, sometimes it just uh, is the case that the VC has a very specific thesis in mind uh, and uh, you don't, uh, your company doesn't fit uh, in the scope of that thesis and that's uh, totally fine. But sometimes there's very uh, specific strategic and tactical feedback that you can take, you iterate and uh, after having got volumes of that conversation, you end up with a pretty refined pitch, pretty refined talk track and uh, being able to sort of uh, work the room uh, with, uh, with these VCs. I love that you mentioned that you have to learn how to take no's in a positive way because I think that is so difficult for everyone. Like personally, for me, it's really challenging and I'm kind of like learning and working on that. So thank you for mentioning that. And also, I want to point out a really important event that we, well, I think it's important to kind of like speak on about is that you guys participated in Shark Tank. So I want to know, like, what was your experience there? How did you guys hear about it and everything about it? <laughs> Yeah, so um, this was actually pretty early on um, when we founded Fundminer as, as well. So this was uh, October of 2022, and that was the first time. This is the, the Aggie Shark Tank, yes. so New Mexico State University's um, Shark Tank. This was the first time that I spoke publicly about Fundminer. And so I had done like a few pitches to just a few investors that I knew um, and was nervous about that as it was. But this was the first time that I was... Um, doing a, a, pick, a pitch publicly that was going to be recorded and in an auditorium in front of hundreds of people. So um, I was definitely really nervous. And I think that um, it was uh, really special for me also because after that event, I felt more confident the next time. And after that next time, I felt more confident from that. Um, so it was a really fantastic experience and it was great time. Um, we received an award as the shark favorite. So um, the first place award And um, that, that helped us get to the place where we could really um, start to fund, fundraise. And so it was a, a pivotal moment for me that I'll, I'll never forget. Let me tell you, Carlos and I yes, were there we and were we there. were fangirling so yes. hard for you guys. We were like, like Utah, really, yay, yes. fun minor. <laughs> in talking about pitching and no's and things like that, let me ask you, because um, I know that in pitching it's important to know and say in your pitch Uh, what does make Fundminer unique or why, what doesn't make it different than other apps that might do something similar? And what do you think that, that you can improve as well in, in your app? So um, I'll, I'll start on this and then Alejandro is going to have some, some great uh, things to add. Um, I think that the uniqueness in what we're doing, it comes from, it, pro it probably stems from the fact that I um, thought of the idea from the perspective of someone in the job And so we really designed it with the user in mind, like keep it simple. Don't give them more information than, than they need. Don't add wild features that are unnecessary. So we really um, drilled down to the problem and solving the actual problem and job that needed to be done. Um, so keeping the, the interface really simple and, and user friendly and, and solving the purpose was big. Um, as far as like feature differentiation, 
Um, we are unique in the market because traditional advancement software solutions are still um, typically only available in the advancement office, yet you have all of your people who are actually spending the gifts and scholarships and funds um, spread across the organization. So think deans, department chairs, program directors. So our platform is more um, used universally by the organization and everybody involved in the process of using and overseeing and managing and reporting on the funds. So we uniquely aggregate data from university-wide systems and provide that one-stop shop for all of these, these users. I also think the focus that we have on advancement operations versus fundraising is unique as, as well. Yeah, one of the things I would just uh, like to add is uh, really um, our obsession with the user uh, that started since day one uh, and day one being the user being Chelsea and being sort of our uh, guinea pig in that way. Uh, it, it's really important that uh, the, the solution was not created in a vacuum, uh, but also very important that once uh, your solution wasn't created in a vacuum and it was created for a specific purpose, how do you create a product that generalizes and scales to other organizations, right? The only way you can do that is if you obsess uh, with your users and the way you can do that first is knowing who your users are. Um, we were very clear uh, who our users were, uh, the advance, uh, Advancement Administration Office or the Compliance Officers, and uh, it's a gruesome process, but you have to go through the motions, you have to talk through dozens or hundreds of people and make sure that uh, what you think uh, their pain points are, you need to confirm. Sometimes it is, and sometimes uh, there's a different take that, uh, that you need to validate. But with that obsession with, uh, with your user, uh, all of the things, uh, all of the beautiful things that Chelsea just mentioned uh, kind of come to uh, fruition as long as you execute. Awesome. Guys, I'm really curious about how has FundMiner helped financial institutions be more transparent in their financials? Can you guys share a little bit about that? Sure, sure. So um, I, I think about two ways that we help with transparency from a internal and external perspective. So from an in internal perspective, the advancement office is better sharing information across campus with the folks who are actually involved in those areas. So think the advancement office actually, you know, sharing more data, more information on the funds that the dean of a college is overseeing or a department chair. So, so literally providing them with more, more information on the funds that they oversee themselves. Um, second, from a external perspective, I'm thinking about donors and uh, I, I, say, I would say the, the public in, in a way. And there, um, we are providing them with impact reports. And so the fundraising organizations are able to actually tell the donors, um, in the last year with the Euro funds, we were able to accomplish XYZ programs and award these scholarships to these students. So really providing them back with that um, information on how their gifts were actually used and the impact that was actually made. Um, I think that we're getting to the last question of the of the episode, and let me ask you: like looking ahead, how do you think that Fund Miner will like help and and contribute to the future of fundraising and financial management, not only here in El Paso or in Texas, but in the U.S. and in the world? Do you think? Do you see yourself, Fund Miner, like out there being like a huge company in in on fundraising and financial management? 
So, um, you know, of course, our, our goal as a, a startup is to grow as, as big as we can, and we'd love to serve as many markets as possible. Um, we also know that we need to um, be very focused and grow responsibly. And so initially, we're targeting large fundraising organizations in the U.S. And from there, we might move to other countries or move to midsize and then small organizations or roll out new modules. And as Alejandro mentioned earlier, we're very uh, focus on the customer and their needs. And so we continue to do market research and um, we'll identify what will produce the most value. But um, all of the different avenues that we are considering and could take really are aligned with this concept of maximizing impact in the world. And so um, almost um, $500 billion, so half a trillion is given to charities in the US each year. And our goal is to make sure that money is used in the best way possible to serve the largest populations of people in the best way and really make the most impact. It's it's an honor to be a UTIP student knowing that Fundminer like started here and knowing that you're doing that to the UTIP students because at the end that's what it is. Like that managing is it's helping more students to get more scholarships, to get more management, so the funding can get like to more people. And that's amazing. Like it's an honor to be around like people like that and, and students that came to the to this university and on behalf of the UTIP and, and student body I say thank you thank you for putting UTIP out there thank you for making um, the UTIP minors proud your work is being seen and we're very honored to have you here thanks it's, it's an honor thanks for having us yes we truly are and it's so inspiring I see you guys both and I heard you guys talking right now and I do see your guys's passion and you guys are doing a fantastic job so again like thank you so much on behalf of you guys and we're really proud of you I want to take this moment uh, if you uh, to share your socials in case someone wants to reach out to you how can they find you Yeah, so um, we are we have a strong presence on LinkedIn. It's uh, you can just search Fundminer, and then we're also on Twitter, and it's Fundminer underscore USA. Perfect. You guys are gonna see it somewhere here on the screen. And thank you so much uh, for accepting our invitation once again, Chelsea Alejandro. It was truly an honor to get, have you guys here. CDG, the Blackstone Launchpad, and the Mike Loya Center for Innovation and Commerce wants to thank you, our listeners, for your constant support. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes, but never forget to always mind your business. business.